As part of Ferrari Fridays, William Ross from the Exotic Car Marketplace will be discussing all things Ferrari and interviewing people that live and breathe the Ferrari brand. Topics range from road cars to racing, drivers to owners, as well as auctions, private sales, and trends in the collector market. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ferrari Marketplace. This is William. I am your host. Um, today's episode, we're going to talk about the Scottsdale auction results and what happened out there. I know this was, uh, what, a little over a month ago? So, but, you know, gathering all this stuff, you know, it takes a few weeks to put it all together numbers-wise and whatnot. So we're going to talk about the Scottsdale auction results from all five of the auction houses that were out there. Barrett-Jackson, Worldwide, Bonham, Sotheby's, and Gooding. Uh, but real quick, hey, just want to stress before again, just trying to get the hang of this. So if this is a little rough or whatnot, a little bit scattered, I apologize. I'm trying to get this to put together more and cohesive. So just give me some time. We'll put it together. Like I said, we're going to talk auctions. We're going to talk events. We're going to talk cars. You know, going to many, many different topics. So, you know, it's not just going to be just, it's going to be about everything. Everything Ferrari. So I just kind of want to get that out there and say, hey, check out the Instagram page, LinkedIn, my YouTube channel's, you know, got that up, but there's only a couple of things on there. I've got some video coming when I head out to California here in a few days. So I just want to get out there, so check it out. But again, just want to apologize. I said I'm not a pro at this, far from it. Um, just kind of want to start working out the kinks. So I really appreciate your patience. Really appreciate everybody that's been downloading the previous episodes. And hey, I'm going to try and get these out about every couple of days. So, because there's always plenty to talk about with Ferrari, because Ferrari's the greatest, correct? So anyways, like I said, we're going to talk about the Scottsdale auctions, uh, the 2022 auction that just came about back in January. And like I said, you know, they had five auction houses out there. Now, it wasn't actually that big of a year for out there um, in Scottsdale <clears throat> from recent years. Um, I mean, it was up a bit, but it was well below the almost $290 million of the record set in 2015. So, um it was it was there. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Now you know, the uh, median price was about sixty six grand, so there was a recorded good margin. So it wasn't bad. So, anyways, out there at Scottsdale, there are a total of two thousand one hundred and thirty lots total amongst the five. Now, which is kind of interesting, Meekum held their Kiss Me auction about two weeks earlier. That that was like eight hundred less total than Meekum had at their lodges. So. Out of all five auction houses, they were still about 800 cars less than Meekum had, just themselves total at Kissimmee. So it kind of gives you an idea how big you know Meekum gets their auction, especially at Kissimmee. So that's a huge one, too. That's a really good one. But um, the five, you know, total for the five uh, auctions for the uh, all five uh, houses was around eh, just a smidge under $268 million. But the cool thing is, or interesting thing is, that was actually $63 million more than what Meekum did at Kissimmee. So with 800 less cars, they still bested them by 63 million bucks. So kind of interesting. I guess that kind of gives you an idea of quantity versus quality in regards to cars that are coming across the block. So now the only thing about this was kind of interesting, out, out there, there's only 31 Ferraris that were up for auction out of all auction houses. There are only 31 of them. Now in 2020, there were 86 Ferraris that went across the auction block in Scottsdale. So obviously, significantly less amount. Now, that could maybe have something to do because Amelia Island's coming up, and a lot of the big swingers are waiting to that. I know 
uh, David Gooding from Gooding and Company and made the comment that, you know, they're, you know, big customers and whatnot. We're, you know, holding out and taking their stuff to Amelia Island instead of having it out in Scottsdale. So maybe that's what the other houses were having the same situation occur with their clients. So could be it. We'll see. Amelia Island's coming up. We'll see what they do. I know there's um, some fabulous cars coming up for auction down there. I'm going to be hitting the Gooding one when I'm down there. Uh, any other ones I can kind of squeeze myself into. So I will keep you abreast of that. Now, um, of the 32 Ferraris that were out there, they only brought about $10.4 million. But only two Ferraris actually sold for over a million dollars. So that kind of gives you an idea where we're sitting at. So, but as I go through, I'll, I'll kind of highlight some of the ones that went across the block. So it wasn't a huge amount. You know, and it wasn't any big blockbuster like $10, $15 million cars going on. No, like, uh, you know, any Californians or anything like that. Um, but, you know, no, no big dollar stuff like that going on. But anyways... Uh, let's kind of get into it more. So let's talk about a couple of these cars that went across the block. Now, this car is a 250 GTE. It's a serial number 4695. Uh, it's a 63 model. Um, you know, it's got the Grigio Argento with uh, some mahogany leather. Leather. Uh, the estimate that thing to go across is around four and a quarter to five and a quarter was the estimate that they had that at. You know, it's largely original, about a three plus condition. Uh, hammered at 425, but then you uh, put in the commission and stuff like that, you're just up almost a hair under four and three quarters. So a little about $472,500. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing, you know, that, that's one thing about going to these auctions and buying a car, you're tacking on, you know, a little over 11% roughly to that actual cost. So you can't always say what the hammer price is, is what you're actually going to have to pay to take it home. Um, you know, this thing wasn't too bad. The engine part was rather clean, you know, nice and orderly. Uh, some fuel residue was left on the carburetors, but you know, what's, it's not restored, but Hey, what can you do? It's it's a great car. It's a good car probably just you can go out and drive, which is nice. You, know, you can go out and you can enjoy it. Uh, next one we got up is a 275 GTB. It's a serial number 06609. Uh, it's a 65. Um, now, this one is red with black. Had an estimate about 1.5 to 2 million. Uh, now, this one was, you know, as they say, visually maintained. It was largely original, about a three condition, three negative maybe so. And it hammered at 1.7, so with your commission and everything final on this thing was 1.875 million out the door. Now this one had some alloy wheels, so you some new Michelin XWX tires on it. I had two sets of spare wheels and a partial tool roll. Um, now there's stone chips in the nose, some chipped edges. Another thing was you had some duct tape patch seats, which was kind of like you're really going to send this through some duct tape patch seats. Uh, the chrome was a little bit weak. Um, you know, the engine part was orderly and neat, but, you know, it had some road grime and everything like that, some fluid residue left around of it. Now, it was represented to have its matching number engines, but a replacement gearbox. So that's not too bad. But, you know, it's, hey, it was sound. It was a usable car. It's a car you can go out and drive. Um, you know, discounted for how it looked and its age. And, you know, obviously it's going to need to get sent out to get, have some, I guess, tidying up done. So, but hey, this car would have been perfect for the preservation class challenge. So it's kind of one of the things to take a peek at. But, um, you know, but again, you know, find one that you can go out and you have to worry about driving, you know, and you can get out there and just have some fun with it. Maybe just keep it mechanically sound and leave it as it is. And you don't have to worry about it. I mean, yes, you're still talking a little bit under $2 million for just puts it around. But, hey, what the heck? You don't have to worry about a your $3 million one, $4 million one getting chipped or anything like that after you spend almost half a million dollars and, you know, getting a restoration done on it. The next one we got up 
We got a 330 GC, GTC Special. Got a seal number 8727. It's a 66. Now, this one is kind of pretty because there's a nice shade of blue. This blue scuro with beige leather. If I pronounce some of these colors' names wrong, forgive me. I'm not Italian. But anyways, this one was estimated for about, you know, $700,000 to $900,000. It had a recent restoration, but um, it's about a two condition. So it was up there. So it looked, looking good. Uh, this thing hammered sold at eight seventy five, so we commission everything out the door is nine hundred sixty seven thousand five hundred dollars. Um, so going through, it's not too bad. So, you know the Bor had Boranis on it. Uh, the Becker radio cassette was in there. It had the pop up driving lights, power windows. It was store like new, but there's some road grime and some floor, uh, fluid residue that was under the hood. So they really didn't tidy it up when they first when they got there. So maybe they cleaned up just a smidge more. Maybe they got a few extra dollars, but hey, I don't know. But I guess this one was first owned by Sergio Pininfarina. So it's kind of got a, you know, a little bit of history to it. Uh, it was modified as a design study and incorporated a number of unique details in the interior and uh, with the pop-up driving lights. So if you have a chance to take it, it's kind of cool out of scene because there's like um, they're like an extra set of these little pop-up lights on there. So take if you want to take a look at that thing, it's pretty uh, pretty neat. So, But again, very good paint, paint and chrome. You know, um, Upholstery was a little bit stretched, you know, whatnot from but obviously being seated there. But this thing actually sold by Gooding back in Scottsdale in 2008 for 550000 So now I'm talking, what, 12, 13 years difference in what's appreciated. Not quite to what is that, about maybe 60%, 80% roughly, something like that. I'm not good at math. I went to public school. So, but anyways, um, I don't know if this thing was, you know, I, I don't know. It's price-wise, you know, it was up there, um, but you know, you had the you know special feature, the pop-up lights, the Pinafrina ownership. So I guess that helped, you know, with the value. But I said to love the blue thing, you know. But again, so hey, it's a fun car to drive. It's ready to go. It's on the button, and have some fun with it. Go around, show it. So next one we have was a, um, a 330 GTS serial number 9805 is a 67. Now this one is your standard red, red with camel in it, uh, estimated about 1.5 to 2 million. It was visually maintained, large original, about a three condition on it. So this thing hammer sold about 1.775 million. So it's your uh, commission percentage in there, just a smidge under at one, two million at 1.96 million. Um, now this one had a Craig eight track stereo in it, so it's kind of interesting. It had the Baranis, you know, but it had some uh, Michelin Defender tires on it. They had the tool roll. I uh, had all the paper, period paperwork, everything like that. Now, um, there's some orange peel by the windshield on the windshield post. So the upholstery was pretty decent. The gauges were a bit dirty. Interior buttons in the ashtray, like, you know, a little bit rough. Um, the engine compartment was kind of old and dirty. You know, it didn't show much detail and attention to this. So it's kind of weird why you bring a car like this to an auction and you don't really take care of it. Now, um, these were coming out of the Dr. Terry Maxson collection. Um but it just, you know, it was just agency neglected where, you know, someone that the person that bought it hopefully will take it, have it do a nice little cleanup on it and uh, tweak and stuff, you know, drop, probably drop about, you know, 80, 100 grand or so on to get this thing up to snuff and have some fun with it. So anyways, next one. Now this one is an inch car. And actually, as I get into this, you'll see this car has been jumping around to a lot of the auction houses. Well, not say a lot, but it's been, in the past few years, this thing's, hey, it's got some miles on it just from going from auction to auction. Um, you know, this is a uh, 365 GTS uh, serial number 14779, it's a 71. Now, this is a convertible. 
Now, this is Sidney Pollock's old uh, car that uh, he used to own. So I get, I don't know. I don't know how much that really adds to it. Sidney Pollock, not that big of a name to me, but other people out there it might actually mean something. Now, this thing um, was estimated about 2.4 to 2.8 million, had an older restoration, but it was a number two condition, so, but did not sell. The uh, high bid got it up there around 2.175 million, and so it was a no sale. Um, you know, it's got the pop-up headlights. It had the uh, XWX tires, a Becker Mexico cassette. You know, uh, had air conditioning, which is uh, kind of unique sometimes for those cars. Uh, it had an older paint on it, barely used upholstery. The clean engine compartment, you know, showing some age. But, hey, you know, a few miles on it. But, hey, what the heck. You know, it's only got 40,000, a little over 40,000 original miles on it. So, it's, if you look at the age, that's not too bad. But, um you know, this thing was most recently restored back in 2001, then cosmetically refreshed in 2010. You know, it's uh, well-documented, meticulously maintained Daytona Spider. Um, you know, it's been around, like I said, hopping around. So, you know, the first thing that's kind of showing up was back in 99 when it sold for 308000 By 2008, it had the registration and was freshened up. Uh, now, and a post-block sale at Gooding Scottsdale, it went for $1.29 million in 2008 so said it was jumping around and then it was sold again by gooding at scottsdale again in 2020 where it bought 1.93 million so in the first in those 23 years since it first came around but now it's only added 904 miles to it so it really just kind of been sitting around not really doing a whole much so doesn't seem like anyone's really gotten out and enjoyed that car which is unfortunate not one of my more more favorite cars but you know um People didn't like them. So, hey, I'm surprised you didn't just try it a little bit more. Now, this one's kind of interesting. This uh, <laughs> this was someone took a, a, a 1980-400i and made it into a stretch limousine. Now, <laughs> you can go around and look at, just type in 400i stretch limo, and you'll find some, You actually, I think you'll find a YouTube video on this and see it. It's not the prettiest. And I don't know why someone would have taken a 400i and did this to it. But, hey, God bless them. I've seen worse. So, and it sold for hammered at 48,000, then with commission, you know, uh, the commission tacked on it, times it was 52.8. So, I thought that one was kind of interesting. Not really much on that, but like I said, if you want to go out and check it out on the internet, it is out and about. You can see some pictures on it. It's white. Can't miss it. Uh, next one, we've got a 512 BBI and 83. Now, this one was red with black leather. Uh, it was unrestored original. It was number two condition. Now, this is a post block sale at about just a smidge over two hundred thirty-eight thousand uh, dollars, and then with commission and everything like that, just a just a hair under two hundred sixty-seven thousand. Now, this had uh, air conditioning, you know, good, probably original paint. Car to tell you that's really kind of get the paint meter go all the way around it, but it looked like it was pretty original paint. Uh, it slightly creased some upholstery in there, you know, like some of the you know, console controls are a little worn. Um, their panel behind the one passenger seat was a bit damaged, so it was just a clean, unrestored chassis, well-maintained, largely, you know, original examples. It only had 7,010 miles on it, which were believed to be real. So um, that was a sold Ferrari at Worldwide's uh, auction, so that was the one they got, so that was theirs. Now, now here we're getting into one that's my favorites, you know, obviously because of my age. This is when I was in my teens that these things were hot and whatnot in my early 20s so this uh, 1989 testarossa 
Bred with tan leather. Uh, tan leather. Tan leather. Uh, this one was unrestored, original number two condition. Uh, hammered at 155, and then with uh, everything, it was 170,500. Uh, had good original paint and interior. The driver's seat was uh, slightly stretched, increased a bit, but obviously, you know, someone's driving it, which is good. Um, the engine compartment was nice, tidy. Uh, it only had just a hair over 17,000 original miles that were represented on the on the odometer, so seemed like that looked like to me that was pretty legit. Uh, surprisingly, the nose was kind of free of any stone chips or anything like that, which was kind of odd because you would think the way that thing is, if it's original paint and everything like that, there would be some chips, but. I don't know, maybe someone was very diligent in regards to uh, when they drove it, where they drove it, and whatnot. So, anyway, now, um, that was kind of, you know, I, not too bad up there. Um, but RM sold the Mono Spexio, you know, the single flying mirror ones uh, for 162.4. And so, it, it's kind of, I don't know. You got the ones, and that's, I guess, out there, I want to say the argument is. And some people are being, you know, going and leaning towards the fact is the single flying wing mirror ones, as they would be called, um, are becoming more collectible out in the marketplace just because I, with the special, because it only has one mirror as compared to later ones where they started having the two mirrors. So, I don't know. I mean, I dig it, but I prefer two mirrors. I think to me it just balances out. That's just me. Some people are going to prefer the single mirror. So, but hey, but so you, some people are saying those are worth more now. I don't know. That, I guess it just boils down to personal opinion. I don't know. That's how I am. Anyways, next one we got is the 512 TR, which I, I love these things that they're getting into. And um, I love the 512 TRs. I love the 512 M's too. I'd uh, love to be able to afford one of those one. That'd be outstanding. So, again, this was Russell Corsa with black leather. Now, they estimated this one was going to hammer about 275 to 325. Now, this was unrestored original, about a three-plus condition. This thing hammered at $265,000. So, with commission and everything, that out the door it was 296.5. So, um, you know, alloy wheels, Michelin tires, you know, had the uh, fender shields on it. You know, it actually had the Shadoni luggage also with the books and the tools, everything like that. Uh, now, this one was described as one of two prototype cars built to U.S. specifications. So, you know, I don't know about that, but hey, you got to go by what I guess you're being told. Um, I wasn't really sure about documentation. I didn't see any, but I'm sure there probably was something to back that up because I don't think someone would want to send that, send that over the auction block without having documentation. It's going to say that's what it is. Um, now, there was lots of paint loss and early misty residue with the engine compartment. Um, so... I don't know, but hey, he had good paint, slightly worn upholstery. Now, the mileage claimed to be a little about 20,647 miles, so I mean, it looked about legit. Now, um, this thing was probably sold to Russo Steel at the Monterey in two, uh, 2017 for 214.5. So it's gone up in value. Um, I guess it's been was preserved since then because I think it had very little added miles to it from that. Um, so, but being one of the early build stats and being a I guess prototype, pilot test guy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess you'd be a little maybe concerned um, in regards to something going wrong. I mean, because you know those first ones kind of going through, but I don't know. I guess that's just me. Um, next one we had up is a. I kind of dig these things too. Uh, it's a '95 456 GT. Now this is black with beige. Now I think it was only estimated to go for 60, 80 grand. Now it was unrestored, about a uh, number two condition. Now this is good. Hammered at 110. Plus the commission, so it went for a 123.2. Now, 
That was rather interesting. Um, it, you know, I mean, granted, these it was a manual, so um, that kind of, I guess, helps with the value, you know, this day and age. I'm going to do a podcast that I'm later down the road regarding about, you know, the gated manuals to the automatics or the F1 transmissions, however you want to kind of present that. Um, I'm just big fan. I mean, either are great, but if I had my druthers, I would take a gated six-speed. So, but anyways... So this thing that you know got up there is compared to the estimate. I mean that that's a pretty significant jump. I mean basically you know what the final price with commission everything was almost basically double the low end of the estimate. So as you can see where these things are headed, and again I don't know if the gated six speeds got something to do with it, but these things are starting to gain a little attention, get some attraction on people, and you know because it's a great grand tour, man. If you want to go for a drive and get in that car for five, six, seven hours and just go and cruise at 90, 100 miles, I mean that thing's perfect for it. The seats are comfortable. It's a great car. I've driven a few of them. They're, they're not that bad. You know, it's not the, you know, most head-turning design of a car, um, you know, but like I said, you know, you're driving it for that motor that's uh, underneath that hood. Uh, mileage on this was only about 24,750, just a smidge under. Uh, it said, supposedly, you've carefully looked after the past two and a half decades. You know, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, uh, age-wise, it's getting up there, but hey, this was actually, I think, you know, these are going to go up in value, I think, a little bit. How much, I don't know, but it's a good it's a good entry into the Ferrari market for someone that's looking for a good, reliable car. Yeah, again, with any Ferrari, you're going to have your maintenance costs and whatnot. But anyways, if you're looking for something to get into and have some fun, especially if you got kids, um, there you go. It's got a back seat. Now, they better be young because not anyone probably over the age of eight might be able to fit back there at the legs of the seat. But... If you need to do it, hey, it's got the trunk, it's got the back seat. There you go, family hauler. It could be your daily, taking your kids, doing school runs. All right, next one. Like I said, this was this is one of my favorites. I love these 512Ms. This was a 95. Now, this was black with tan leather. I'm a big fan of black. Nothing looks prettier than a black car, in my opinion, but the problem is nothing gets dirtier quicker than a black car. Um, and you got to really know what you're doing, uh, detail in those things, because you talk about seeing swirl marks and black paint, absolute nightmare. Now, this one was estimated to go for about four and a quarter to four and three quarters, so between four twenty-five and four seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Now, this is unrestored original, but in about two condition. And this thing hammered sold at the high end of the estimate of four hundred seventy-five thousand. So, with commission, everything like the final price was five hundred twenty-seven thousand five hundred. So, beat that, you know, I said nailed it at the hammer. So, but throwing commission, it was above estimate. So that kind of tells you where these things are going. I think these are going to start getting more uh, valuable as time goes on. You know, this is one out there. I was, you know, using that term blue chip collectible, but I think these 512 especially if it's got lower miles on it, it's well-maintained and service histories. I think these things probably, you know, they're going to get up there. Now, will they ever reach a million dollars? I don't know, maybe another 15, 20 years potentially. But I just have a feeling I think these things are going to go up in value significantly in the next five to 10 years. So if you're out there shopping, there you go. Take a look at this one. Now, this one only had just a little bit over 15,000 original miles on it. Had the belt service done uh, late 2021. So, hey, you know, that, that's good to see. You don't have to worry about that for a couple of years. A couple, you know, those, like I said, you want to get them done quite frequently, even if you don't drive because just it is what it is, just the way it is owning a Ferrari. Um, you know, that's what I love about these Vital M's, though, because they being the last year, basically, of the Testarossa's being built, and these carry a premium over your 512 TRs or even your Testarossa's about three times more than those just because of what they are. 
So and it was very small build quantities of these things too. So they're tough to find, and a lot of them usually have low miles and are well-maintained just because of what they are. So if you're ever out there in the hunt, you know, just get all your service history and everything on it. Now, the uh, next one we got here is a 550, a 2001 550 Marinello. Now, this was a, like this blue posy with tan leather. Um, now, this thing was estimated to go for about 150 to 200,000. Um, I've owned a 550 before, so I know how much fun these things are. Love that car, and I should never have gotten rid of it. But other things arose, and just had to do it. And that was one I wish I would have kept. And so that's why I'm, I'm still out there, as I mentioned before. So I'm going to take a look at this 366 speed uh, here, hopefully when the person gets it back from getting service and all the belts done and everything like that, even though I'm not really sure I want to go the convertible route, you know, but we shall see because it's in great condition, low miles, and all the surface, everything's getting done, so it'll be ready to go as soon as I get it. So we'll see. But anyways, like I said, the estimate on this was 150 to 200,000. It was unrestored, about a three condition on it. It hammered at 225,000. So right there, it even hammered way up, I'm not saying way above, but above estimate by a decent amount. So with the commission roughly around 12%, it was $252,000 out the door. So obviously these things are starting to go up too, i.e. because, hey, it's a gated six-speed. Now these had the, the Daytona style seats, and they had the fender shields, uh, CD changer, you know, had the alloy wheels, had Pilot Super Sport tires, tinted windows, had some stone chipping on the nose, but not not much. Slightly worn, soiled in the driver's seat. Oh, hey, someone's driving it a little bit. Uh, the common problem that always is, and if you're ever out there shopping for your first fry, you know, buttons in the interior get a little bit sticky. So it's something they can get address and fix. But this one had the buttons were still getting a little bit sticky, um, and and. Not on this car, but they always look at the dash, too. The dash has sometimes a tendency to start really going a little bit wonky. Um, but some chips and scratches on the driver's side door handle. You know, getting in and out, so maybe someone's probably wearing rings, something like that, and just not being cautious. Uh, had just a you know, hair under that, just a smidge over 29,000 miles. So um, looked like it. You know, the way it was, but, you know, not the best preserved one. Uh, showing age, I mean, you could have had a good detail done to it, um, and you probably could have gotten a little bit more out of this, too, and, still, and been way above the high estimate. Um, but, hey, you know, some people, it's, you know, they don't give two you-know-whats when they take a car to auction. Other people, you know, they are meticulous about it, and they'll have someone like Ammo New York come in, and they'll spend three, four, five thousand dollars on a detailing job on a car because they'll use. Sometimes they'll get it back and more. I mean, presentation is everything. Um, that's just the way it works out there in the auction world. Um, there's a few other here, like you know, these um, got some 320, like these 308s and 328s. We're going. I kind of whip some of these. Now these things are going up too, but like, let's take this one real quick. Those 85 308. GTB Quattro Valve. Now, red tan, tan leather, red piping. Estimate was 70 to 110. This thing sold at 120. So, again, above estimate. Again, it's the gated six speeds. So, I think these things are starting to really go up in value. So, if you can get your hands on some gated six speeds out there, people, I'm telling you, get it. You could drive it for six months, probably turn around and sell for more money. Or at least get your money back. As long as you take care of it, maintain it, don't beat the crap out of it. So, anyways, because so that thing sold one twice. So with commission, everything is $134,400. So, I mean, it's kind of showing. I mean, this thing had, you know, it was an older uh, repaint, uh, some minor stretch ca uh, stress cracks and whatnot. You know, engine part had a little bit of oil misting to it. Um, not much, some paint loss on the interior and the engine bay. You know, but it was a, a really nice car. I mean, this had, it was multiple FCA Platinum Awards. So it was 
real consistent, only had 27,160 miles on it. But, hey, this person took care of it, and they were very, very nice and good at it. So, hey, God bless them. They took them, babied it up. So, now, um, it's got some 328s that were in here also. Um, another red tan one. It sold at uh, out the door to 165000 Another red tan with, I mean, sorry, red black leather. Uh, this one sold out the door at 1518 um, So, another, and here's another 348 that we uh, came across. Uh, another red tan. Uh, that one went out the door at 79.2. So this one was kind of interesting because it was sold by Leak and Scott in 2020. So two years ago for only 49.5. Then, then by Barrett Jackson at the Houston auction four months ago for reported 110. So it's kind of jumping around. So someone got it and then lost some money. <laughs> so now this is the one that I thought was really interesting that I want to kind of bring up. Um, that I kind of want to focus on and go. So this was a F-355 Spider. Uh, it's a 95. It was black with tan interior. Now the estimate was 130 to 160,000. This was a six-speed manual. Um, and forgive me if I was saying six-speed on some of those other ones because I should have seen five-speed because they're older, but my apologies. Uh, I'm getting a little wrapped up in this and I get excited. Again, I apologize. So now this I said, 130 to 160 was the estimate. Estimate. Now this was unrestored, number two condition, hammered at 200,000. So with the commission rate and everything out the door, 224,000 dollars. So look at that. That was almost was that 64,000 dollars above estimate that went. And I don't know about you, I always include the commission rate in it when that thing goes out the door because that's what you know you're, you've got to pay the money. Um, that's kind of like the sticky thing about auctions is, is that considered part of the value of the car? So, I mean, everyone when you're sitting in an auction going, you know, I, I'll never buy a car at auction. I just, me, I'd rather be able to, like, drive a car, test it, and really scrutinize the heck out of it. Um, but, you know, when you're sitting there, you're bidding, you got to take into account what the commission is. So, if you're, hey, someone's going, okay, 200 so if I bid 200 it's going to be actually 224 You know, you, you got to keep that in your mind. I mean, that's twenty four grand extra on top of it. Now, what was this thing was, okay, it had this, you know, fender shields and some Pier Zero tires on it. It had the carbon um, fiber door sills. It only had 898 miles. Now, that probably played a big role in it being what it was when it crossed the block. It went for the $200,000 at the hammer. So, basically, a brand new F-355. I drove one of these once, and they're fun cars. They're great. Huge improvement over the 348s. I know a lot of people out there like 348s, but I'd, it was a huge, huge improvement over the 348. The 355 is a great car. And, again, these are ones where actually if you shop around, look, you find some with like maybe 20,000, 30,000 miles, maybe it needs a belt service and whatnot, you can find, you know, pretty decent ones out there. It might need some work. Now, don't do what Tyler Hoover did. And when he bought that yellow one, that convertible he just got recently, I don't know if you watch any of uh, Hoovy's Garage, but – he, that thing, whew, that thing needed a lot of love. But, I mean, he got it at a good price. But, again, that's kind of one of those deals. I'm always in the mindset, I'm going to buy one that's already done. It's on the button. I just get it and go. I really don't like having to buy something and then go spend a bunch more money on getting it up and running. Uh, it's just me. 
I'd rather buy one that's already it's all ready to go and out the door. So, uh, and this thing actually is three for that. I actually had a belt service done on it. And again, how as I talked before, even if, even just because you don't drive doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing these belt services. See, those things will just start to deteriorate, especially from not using them. Uh, just one of those things of owning a Ferrari. So now this uh, other one said there's a. I, I was interested in this one, but it wasn't a gated six speed. It was it had the F1 transmission. It was a 2001 360, but I love the color on it. It was a fly yellow with the black leather. Now, it was unrestored by the number two condition, so it was a nice-looking car. Hammered at 100, so with commission rate, everything was 110. Had the black calipers, fender shields, power Daytona-style seats, you know, rear challenge grille. Um, had the Bridgestone tires. Had some chip-guarded chip nose, door edges, rear, you know, stuff like that. So they uh, put this stuff in necessary on to kind of keep all the, the highly-prone areas and kind of take some beating on it to um, keep them you know, well presented. Now the belt service was done about a year ago, but service records show about eh, a little under 20, about a little, I'm sorry, a little over 22,660 miles roughly it was showing on there. Uh, it wasn't represented, but that's what looking at service everything, that's what I was saying. So um, not, you know, pretty decent price for, you know, one of these cars for how good it looked, you know, for 110 grand, um, you know, these 360s are getting, you know, pretty decently priced. Um, with the F1 transmissions. Um, now, like I said, some people like them, some people love them. But, you know, when you're comparing it, if you drove something recent and you try and compare the two transmissions, it's going to seem like a dinosaur when you try and drive it. It's just those things, you know, they shift very slow compared to the new stuff. You know, they still shift decently. It's just something you got to figure out. It's, it's, it's with any car, it's going to have its quirks. It's going to have its very, you know, unique attributes and whatnot. Sorry, that was my wife texting me if you heard that in the background. So, but it was, as with any car, it's always going to take little nuances and whatnot. And that's what makes cars great. You know, each one has its own little quirks, its own little styles and whatnot, how you have to drive it, what you do. I'm sure all of you have had your car out there that, you know, you were basically the only one that could drive it because you knew what to do. You had to push this button in and lift this up to get something to start and all that crap. So, I mean, it's, it's what makes a car fun. So, but anyways... That's kind of what I wanted to go over a little bit regarding the Scottsdale auctions um, and kind of that's just a you know a little overview I went through the kind of cars I, I found you know kind of interesting to go through there was there were some four five eights there's um, a four thirty that went through um, that you know again the F one transmission uh, it had an estimate of two hundred fifty three hundred thousand you know hammered at two fifty five right there at the lower end uh, so out the door is two eighty five five so um, you know, it only had 3,700 miles on it, roughly in 2017, sold for 231,000. So it's not a bad deal. But anyways, that's about all I have to talk about on these auction results. So listen, I'll get some more out later this week. I'll have another podcast dropped um, and talk about it. I'm really interested and want to speak about Louis, Luigi Chinetti and uh, kind of give his story and everything to everyone out there. So. Again, I appreciate everybody listening. Check out the website, Instagram. Go to my LinkedIn page. Um, if you got any suggestions, whatnot, just give me a, shoot me an email. William at thefrarymarketplace.com. Easy enough. I appreciate it, guys. Take care. Have a good one. This episode has been brought to you by Grand Touring Motorsports as part of our Motoring Podcast Network. 
For more episodes like this, tune in each week for more exciting and educational content from organizations like the Exotic Car Marketplace, the Motoring Historian, Brake Fix, and many others. If you'd like to support Grand Touring Motorsports and the Motoring Podcast Network, sign up for one of our many sponsorship tiers at www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports. Please note that the content, opinions, and materials presented and expressed in this episode are those of its creator, and this episode has been published with their consent. If you have any inquiries about this program, please contact the creators of this episode via email or social media, as mentioned in the episode.